Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. My guest this week recently wrapped up six seasons as a cast member on Saturday Night Live, where she made a name for herself with spot-on celebrity impressions like this one. Well, tomorrow night is the 61st annual Grammy Awards. Here to talk about who she thinks should win is her very own Melissa Villasenor. Yeah! Thank you, Cohen. You know, everyone's been on the edge of their seats waiting to hear my Grammy picks. So, here we go. Okay, wait, now, hold on one second. Melissa, are, are you dressed up as Lady Gaga? What? No, I just wore this for all my Melissa monsters out there. <laughs> All right, sure, so let's get those Grammy picks. So who's your choice for song of the year? Oh my God, I just heard this song for the first time this morning. It's called Shallow. Have you heard it? The Lady Gaga song, yeah. Uh, that's Gaga? Wow, so you have heard of it. Yeah, I mean, pretty much everyone's heard it every day for the past three months. Yeah. Oh, well, in case you haven't heard it, it Which goes we, we have. a little something like okay, this. Tell me something, girl. Are you happy in this modern world? Okay, yes, okay, all right. Yes, yes, I know. I, yes, very great. I know that you've been trying to get your Lady Gaga impression on the show for a while now. How dare you? I'm not doing an impression. I'm Melissa, and this is my famous Grammy preview. Okay. Because you're wearing a Lady Gaga wig. Uh, this isn't a wig. I was born this way. Oh, okay. <laughs> this is The Last Laugh. I'm Matt Wilstein from The Daily Beast, and that was Melissa Villasenor as Lady Gaga on Weekend Update with Colin Jost. Since joining the show in the fall of 2016, Melissa delivered a seemingly endless parade of near-perfect impressions, including music superstars like Jennifer Lopez and Dolly Parton, political figures like AOC and Rachel Maddow, and even former SNL cast members like Sarah Silverman and one of my favorites, Kristen Wiig. We also have Squessily the Squirrel, voiced by Kristen Wiig. I can try that. I just got kicked out of my tree. <laughs> they told me I had to leave, but I'm staying with my best friend. He is an acorn. <laughs> Sorry, I know I seem a little nuts right now. I just opened up a can of nuts, and then a snake, a snake jumped out. <laughs> then I looked at the label and I said, can of snakes, oops, zoopolis. <laughs> so anyway, Melissa was one of eight cast members to leave SNL after the most recent season. And this week, she is out with a new book of essays and drawings called Whoops, I'm Awesome. So now felt like the perfect time to have her on this podcast to talk all about how she started doing celebrity impressions in high school, the experience of finally getting her dream job at SNL, and why she made the hard decision to move on after six years. I think you're really going to dig this one, so let's get to it. Here's my conversation with Melissa Villasenor. Well, I'm loving the pink hair, uh, which our listeners can't see, but it's, it's very cool. Um, 
I feel like, is this just you, you know, living your best life, uh, post SNL freedom, uh, do whatever you want kind of deal? No, I really am. I feel like I've, I've been, I was thinking about it. I'm almost like reborn or something. Cause I have all this, this free time. So I've been like <laughs> enrolling in classes, almost like a little kid where I'm like, yeah, I'm yeah. like, I, I don't know. I, I'm taking guitar lessons, Spanish lessons. I sign up for a pottery class, ceramics. I'm like, that's amazing. All the stuff you couldn't do before. I, I mean, truly though, I, I try to get lessons in between the season. I was like, that's impossible. I, I just, that's tough. But now I'm in like a place where I'm like, I really love learning. I really, really do. That's cool. Yeah. Um, well, I just got a chance to check out your new book, which I really, really enjoyed. Um, <laughs> Thanks. And, and learned a lot. Um, it's called <laughs> Whoops, I'm Awesome. So uh, maybe we can start there. How'd you, how'd you come up with that title? Well, we're like, you know, bouncing around a few Chronicle books. And uh, I felt like there were some uh, Be a Good Nut, because I think that's, that's <laughs> a funny thing, too. Like, Be a Good Nut, Be a uh, Loony. Uh, my dad called me once. He said, he was like, uh, oh, I was putting myself down once. I was like, man, I'm such a loony. And he goes, my dad said, you're the right kind of loony, though. And I thought that was super sweet. <laughs> that could be a title. I, I know. And then we're bouncing around. I'm like, maybe nuts could be too too iffy, you know? Yeah, but, controversial. Yeah, you know. People. But I, I, I thought that I was like, what about just whoops, I'm awesome. It, it just sounds funny. <laughs> it's so silly. And I think it's kind of. It really, I think it's the perfect title for this book because it's, it's, yeah, there's self-helpy, but it's also, I don't take it too seriously and I'm having a lot of fun in there. So Well, you do have this sort of relentless positivity that runs through this book, your stand-up, um, so much of what you do. Um, so where do you feel like that comes from? I pro- probably my family, you know, I was thinking, I think my, my, my parents are very funny. My dad is such a silly like sensitive person and he he wants to make everyone feel good in life and and laugh and uh I think that's where it probably comes from and I think anyway my mom's very funny too it's just it might be it's all through honesty and uh you know through it's a little tougher comedy but you know it's it's hilarious but I um yeah I I think it, it it comes from Family. I think my siblings, my, they're my best friends, and maybe they don't know it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think we're, it's, yeah, I think there's like, uh, my family keeps me grounded. They, they, when I'm with them, I, I'm reminded of who I am, and, and um, I don't know. I think that's where it comes from. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, this book really could have been anything. You know, it's not a traditional memoir. Um, it no, has no. so much art in it, and and um, which you've done, I know, a lot over the years. Um, did did drawing become a sort of different creative outlet for you during this this past uh, you know several years as you as you were so busy um, doing SNL? And how did you sort of use that as a as a way to express something else? Yeah, I mean, if I look back at all the the drawings on my Melissa VR account on Instagram, I think you could see it was the release of what was going on inside from the show for me. I think that you know, and it, and it's great. You know, it wasn't it was channeled through that way. I think comedy is where I feel very silly, confident, and I and I really can't expose too much like my sensitive side. And I think that drawing became that place where I could share anything that I'm feeling sensitive about and insecure about. Uh, 
and I release my feelings through there, it's like this quiet side and I really love it. And I think, um, yeah, it's just what a great, what an honor that I can do both, you know? Yeah, it's been really fun to see that other side of you because I think, you know, we know you as fans mostly through impressions, which is sort of the opposite of revealing something about yourself in a way. Right. Yeah, like hiding. To, yeah, yeah. Like hiding. Um, I learned in the book that you started doing impressions at such a young age. How did you how did that start? And um, you know, why do you think you started trying to impersonate people? I think when I was a kid, I was super, super quiet and shy. My older brother was kind of the chatterbox. So I was like, okay, I'll just stay quiet. And I always felt just, you know, just quiet. And I think once those pop singers came around and, you know, the early millennium, I was listening to them so much and I just started imitating their singing voice, like Mandy Moore, Britney Spears, Christina Aguilera. So it started I, really as a musical thing. I mean, yes, it, for sure. Which is sort of how a lot of people think about impressions, I think, right? Where it's sort of your, there's a musicality to the way people talk as well. Yeah, for sure. Um, and so I think once I discovered, oh, I could imitate singers and make people laugh with them like my friends at school and stuff I was I sort of felt like almost awoken is that right (laughs) sure yeah no I just felt like oh I here I am like I this was something that I I didn't know I had and now I can share it and and make people laugh with it I love that and then I did my high school talent show when I was 15 I always wanted it in the talent show when I was a little kid. And I was like, ah, I want to get up there. I just don't know what to share yet. And then finally, when my sophomore year of high school, I shared like six singing impressions. And uh, I just got the, this amazing feeling of like purpose and knowing what I'm here for. That's and amazing. Yeah, that must have I felt mean, really good. Yeah, it was, it was really, it felt like a flame in my chest where I was like, whoa. And I got so <laughs> excited and uh, probably a little annoying to be like, yeah, I'm going to be a comedian. Um, and I <laughs> I uh, did the Laugh Factory Comedy Camp summer 2003 or something. And then um, right after high school, I fortunately, you know, since I'm from L.A., I was, I was like, okay, I could go hit these open mics and start that journey. And you were you really doing mostly all impressions uh, in those, all impressions. those first open mics and stuff? Yeah, I, I wasn't a person in any way, you know, I had no <laughs> stories or life experience. So it was just like, here's so-and-so or whatever, you know, basically like, you know, when I did America's Got Talent and I was like 23, that's, that's all I was, that's all I had. That, that was, was your my act. act. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, well, I want to talk a little bit about America's Got Talent because um, I think that's where a lot of people probably saw you for the first time. Um, but yeah. just in terms of impressions, uh, you know, I, I sort of feel like impressions are a, it's similar to a magic trick or something because I, it's like hard to understand how it, <laughs> how it happens. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think you're so good at it. But is there, is there a process that you go through to get to that point that it can feel like you just can do it? It's like, it, it looks effortless, but I imagine that it's not as effortless as it seems. I think once I nail it, once I've gotten it down, I could slip into it easily. But I think there is, yeah, there's definitely work to get to the voice. I feel like it's it's kind of pointless for me to ask you if you have a, a favorite one that you've done over the many that you've done. But I'll tell you, my favorite is probably uh, Owen Wilson, just because I don't think I'd ever heard someone do Owen Wilson before I heard you do him. Um, and it was sort of out of left field um, as an yeah. impression. I'm going to say 
I was probably the first that tackled Ellen. You know why? Because I, I remember I was at the Haha ha Cafe in North Hollywood, and I tried it out on stage, and people were like, who's Owen Wilson? So he wasn't, <laughs> he wasn't even, famous enough. It was like Bottle Rocket, and I think Zoolander had just just came out. So I meet the parents. So he was still like starting, you know what I mean? So yeah, Owen Wilson. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll do a little Owen for you here, and <laughs> yeah, it's great to be on the podcast. And uh, people like that one. I, it's so funny because I, I feel like it's so uh, one of my first ones, which is great. But I, but there's still shows where people want to hear it, and I'm like, well, I got to give it to them. Yeah, you know, they, you they, do it. it's it is a joyful one. Um, yeah, Owen. <laughs> I met him once. I have a, a fun little story of when my, I met him at SNL, but my dad met Owen first. My dad is a fence contractor here in L.A., and he was putting up a gate in Malibu, and, my, and, and Owen walked by him, and my dad was like, hey, Owen, I'm Melissa's dad. She has an impression of you. And then Owen was like, oh, yeah, I've heard it. It's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> and then they had, like, a long chat. And then at the end of their conversation, my dad was like, Owen, be careful over there because there's a beehive. Okay? And Owen was like, all right, thanks. Yeah, I'll look out for those bees. <laughs> and then three years later, I finally meet Owen at the Woody Harrelson episode when he hosted. And um, I was like, Owen, oh, my God, I love you. You're the best. And he goes, I met your dad. Tell him I say hi. So it was like such a <laughs> full circle That's thing. That's hilarious. He's such a sweet guy. So as you mentioned before you got on SNL, you were probably best known for doing impressions on America's Got Talent, which is sort of a unique place for a comedian to be. Uh, did you watch that clip recently? Just tell me no. <laughs> I, I did. I did watch uh, a little bit of it recently. So you, don't, you don't love it? I can't. Well, no, I'm proud of it, but I don't ever want to see it again. You know what I mean? Why it's, not? I just, I don't, I, you know what it is? I, I just look like I was trying too hard. Or something, and my voice, I was trying too much to be quirky and weird, and I'm just like, oh God, Melissa, no. Hello. What's your name? Melissa Villasenor. And what do you do for a living? Well, I work at a retail store. And. You happy about that? Not really, no. And what do you want to do for a living? Comedy. I want to be a comedian and impressionist. Well, good luck. Thank Let's you. see what you got. All right, here we go. <laughs> this is Barbara Walters, and today on my show, I have award-winning actress Natalie Portman. Natalie, I hear you're having a baby. I am Barbara. <laughs> We're thinking of naming the baby Oscar, but that's... That, that's silly because that's my cat's name, so. It worked for you, right? I mean, I know, not only do the, the judges seem to love you, but the audience is just like dying. Like they can't I believe know. what they're seeing. Like to my magic trick point. Exactly. Um, did that, exactly. but that must have, if, if, even if it's hard to go back and watch it, what was it like in the moment experiencing Oh my that? God. I, I felt so special. <laughs> I felt very, uh, I, I was in hip, I was on cloud night. I just, I didn't expect that. I think I, I was feeling kind of negative about towards that show. Like, Oh, it makes, you know, some people could look really horrible and, and be made fun of. And I was really afraid of that. And I was, I was just like, this 
you know, I was just going in thinking, well, let's see how it goes, you know. Um, but it ended up being really, really wonderful. And I felt, yeah, that I give credit to like, that was the start of my journey, especially professionally. Like I was able to quit working at Forever 21 and headline comedy clubs and colleges around the country. So it was a, a huge exposure that show. Yeah. It kind of shot you out of a cannon, right? I mean, yeah. and I know you've talked a little bit about how it was kind of a double-edged sword as a comedian to get that level of exposure before yeah. you were maybe 100% ready yeah. for it. Was that the experience? Yeah, exactly the experience. Because, you know, I had done stand-up maybe, what, three years probably? Which is not much for, well, for me anyway. Some comedians are ready to go, you yeah. know? But some but are like, they need 10 years before you need they 10 like years, yeah. for sure, before headlining, for sure. And I, I was already like, they immediately headlining. My manager at the time was like, yeah, you're, you can go headline now this club. And I'm like, oh my God, I have 15 minutes. Are you serious? And then <laughs> half hour, then I have to try to push for an hour. And I'm like, it is bomb city up there. <laughs> I was bombing so many shows and that is a pain. That is, it really slaps you right in the face of... You know, it was, but it was good because I discovered through those years of headlining and being on the road that I was like, oh, I don't want to just do impressions, just only celebrity stuff. I was like, I, I was like, I want to talk about me. I want to figure out how I could start chatting, talking about myself. And, uh, yeah, I think it was, you know, so necessary for me. Yeah. Did the, did America's Got Talent lead? directly to that first SNL audition? No, actually, the year prior, was it 20, 2000? Oh, it was actually before? Actually, no, I auditioned in 2009. Oh, okay. That was, yeah, I think the first audition was, you know, I had some solid impressions that I had done since, you know, the teenage years. I put them on a tape, had a manager at the time, and I, they sent it to the show, and they flew me out to audition. And I, you know, did really well that first one because those were killer impressions. And then the second callback, I just was, it was bad. It was so bad. Uh, and so, yeah, it wasn't my time. And I also just, again, wasn't a, wasn't a person in any way. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I had to go through, you know. You had to grow a little bit. I had to grow. I had to definitely grow for sure. Yeah. So, I mean, it wasn't until I think seven years later that you got yeah, on the show um yeah. so did you did you think you were ever going to get that chance to try again i i think man I, I i think at the first few years i was like no no way i won't go back but then i don't know I, I i think i always felt it was possible and then i once i once i really started like i mentioned in the book my friend kelly hawk once i met she's a great actress and she was the one that told me start saying it out loud that you're going to be there. And I never did that before. I would never say it because I didn't want to jinx it or any of those things and, you know, get ahead of myself. I think because I was raised like, you don't talk so much. You just be grateful and, and we'll see, you know, we'll see what happens type of energy. But that wasn't getting me anywhere. I think once you start putting your foot down saying like, you know what, I want to write on that show. I am going to write on that show. I'm going to be on that show. Getting specific or at least like guiding your daily work towards being prepped for something. I think it was, that was so necessary. And I think, yeah, where, where am I going? I'm sorry. I lost track. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, I mean, I, I think just talking about, yeah, the sort of visualizing it and believing that it's going to happen, but then on a, pra on a practical or a more practical level, how was it different 
to go and audition again so many years later, did it feel like you were a different person, a different comedian? Yeah, yeah. I felt more confident in who I was. I felt more content with myself and more proud of like, hey, I'm going to share what I've, what I think is is my best stuff, what makes me shine, what makes me feel good. Um, and so I, I did the audition. I treated it kind of like a stand-up show in a way. And I, I mean, I was still very nervous, but I, I left just kind of thinking, you know, I did all that I could. And I felt really just, just, well, this is me. This is all, this is what it is, you know, proud. But yeah. And then how did you f- actually find out that you got the show? Well, a few few weeks after, then it was like, oh, we're going to fly you back out so you can meet with everybody. And so I was like, oh, and that's when my <laughs> back spasm started to happen because I was like, I couldn't believe, I couldn't believe that it was happening, you know? And so flew out for a couple meetings, then I flew home, and then I got the call. Uh, you got the, from, you did that, that Lauren meeting that, that, yeah. needs to, that needs to happen before yeah, you get the, uh, yeah, the official yeah, yeah. call. And they were like, you could ask Lauren one question. I was like, okay. And I, my, my one question was, what are your hobbies? <laughs> no way. <laughs> I don't know if anyone else asked that stuff. but I, What did I he did. say? Do you remember? He lo- I mean, he loves being on his like farm with his blueberries. And, oh, and, and I, I, that was really sweet. I liked hearing that. Coming up, Melissa talks about the surreal experience of getting thrown into SNL at the height of the 2016 election. And later, she opens up about why she decided to leave after her sixth season on the show. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. If you're enjoying this episode and want to hear more, please make sure you are following The Last Laugh wherever you get your podcasts. By subscribing to The Last Laugh, you can listen to my conversations with other SNL alums like Bill Hader, Sarah Silverman, Will Forte, Abby Elliott, and more, along with everything else from our free archive. And you'll be the first to hear new episodes when they drop every Tuesday. And while you're at it, please leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Let us know how much you love the show and who you want to hear next. Now, back to Melissa Villasenor. So then, of course, you, you got hired. You got, it got announced that you were going to be on the show. I remember, you know, every headline, including one that I probably wrote, was, you know, SNL hires first Latina cast member. So that was yeah. a lot of pressure, I would imagine. Yeah, um, and I didn't even think deal. of it. I didn't yeah. even think about it, you know? 
um did that hit you in a in a way once that started happening oh for sure dude i was i was like i i really proud and i but yeah also nervous because like what do i what do you want me to do you know and i think <laughs> yeah uh i don't know that yeah i think did it I mean, feel like you were supposed to have some responsibility to represent a whole community on the show? I mean, it, yeah, it seems a like... little bit. Like I was supposed to bring in a bunch of Mexican humor or something. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. <laughs> at that time, I didn't really have a lot of it, other than my, imitating my abuelita, my great grandma bit. I didn't have didn't have a lot of bits about. Fan, I mean, like characters anyway that were until I think the last season where I had uh, played this girl that kept saying that's with selena yeah, and then my hilarious. and then my character kind of loosely based on my uncle caesar so i was like that was probably the most <laughs> you know close to me my family and L- and life in la but yeah do you think it took you that long to do that because you i mean what why do you think it, it took you that long to sort of bring some of that personal stuff to the show just until you could feel comfortable enough to do it or yeah i guess I guess, you know, those first years, it's like, well, do what I'm good at, what I got here for, which was, or which were my impressions. So I, I don't know. I think, I think it just unraveled that way. Here to make his network debut is my driver, Cesar Perez. East Hampton, right? Oh, you didn't have to say my home address. Um, uh, so, Cesar, you wanted to try out some stand-up? I have to, Colin. I got the minor man. See ya, man. I just hope this crowd can handle it. <laughs> right. We'll see. Take it away. All right. Hey, weekend update. How are we? <laughs> hey, anyone here got a family? Me too. Man, I got a crazy familia. Like my crazy nephew, Carlitos. Mira. Kid's obsessed with lizards. He's got nine of them. And now he wants another one? Hey, Carlitos, how about instead of 10 lizards, you get one girlfriend? I... All right, yeah, that's pretty good, Cesar. I don't know, man. I think that was kind of mean. Can we edit that out? Oh, sorry, Cesar, we're famously live. I know. What, what kind of man says something like that about his nephew? I gotta apologize, Colin. <laughs> Carlitos, I'm so proud of you, mijo. You get a girlfriend whenever you're ready, or a boyfriend, or a lizard, whatever makes you happy. You're gonna be a great dad one day. I love you so much. Yeah, I mean, I, I've talked to a lot of cast members on this podcast who, you know, talk about how long it takes to get comfortable on the show, and some yeah. of them never feel like they fully get comfortable. Yeah, um, you know, Bill Hader being probably the most uh, famous oh, yeah, example yeah, yeah. where he really had a lot of trouble um, up until maybe the last season or so, where he finally felt like he he knew what he was doing, and he's obviously considered you know one of the best <laughs> that ever so did good. it. He's so um, good. Do you relate to that kind of stuff? Where it was, you know takes a while to to find your your footing yeah it, for me it did and I think it, it's I think it's until you find some a writer that really connects with you and there were a lot that I a lot of really great people I wrote with and it, it, it is a toss it, it really is every year was different I think too I felt some years I was like oh I was in a lot and then some years I was like oh I guess I'm not here much but I I don't know. I think it was. Yeah, that's probably a week-to-week week experience too. Week-to-week, week, for yeah. sure, for sure. 
well, you came into the show at a pretty intense moment um, at that, you know, the sort of height oh, of yeah, the 2016 that's... election. Oh my God, that's right. Um, and everything that was going on with that. So what, what do you remember um, from that, you know, either that first week or, or that, that oh, election right. season? It just felt intense. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I remember that week when you got elected, <laughs> it was just gloomy in their energy. Um, yeah. And I, and I think I was carrying so much of this place is hard. New York is tough, you know, and I, and I think it was just a, it was a, it was a tough year, but, it, but then again, they, they made some, so much, I mean, just brilliant thing, pieces there, brilliant sketches that season. I mean, remember when, uh, I think it was that season. Yeah. When Megan, uh, Melissa McCarthy came in. <laughs> yeah. And did Sean Spicer. Oh my God. That was incredible. Yeah. What was it like to, to sort of be in the room for that? It was wild because she didn't even rehearse it. I felt like she flew in the day of, and I was like, what is she <laughs> going like, to do? I got this. <laughs> it was a master. I mean, it was, it was the best. Um, yeah. So yeah, that was, yeah, that was that year. Yeah. Um, your very first episode, I know you did the, uh, the Sarah Silverman and celebrity family feud, oh, um, yeah. which was a big sketch, uh, with like the, the, nearly the entire cast in it. Um, what, what do you, uh, what do I you was remember shaking about that? in my boots. I was nervous. I remember thinking, Oh, I don't want to have to do this every week. No, I was <laughs> yeah. so, I was, it was, I was I very, imagine. very nervous. Um, but then, yeah. Then you, then you just get, Got a little used to it. Okay, next up, we got comedian and Hillary Clinton supporter Sarah Silverman. Oh my God. <laughs> we might be electing the first woman president. I feel so much pride from my head to my vagina. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you that nasty kind of adorable. Yeah, it seems like it seems like a a very strange, surreal thing that to get used to in the sense that there's always, you know, bigger and bigger celebrities coming through that you're interacting with and, and, and all of that. But I, I'm sure you do kind of get used to it because it's your job. Um, were there particularly surreal experiences that stand out during your time there? Um, you know, with, with people who came in or, or people you got to, to work with that you couldn't really believe that that was happening? Yeah. I mean, especially that first year was when Tom Hanks came, he did that David S. Pumpkin sketch. Oh, yeah. I was classic. in that one too, a classic. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I played the ring girl. But he, I remember just seeing Tom Hanks just walking down the hall. I'm like, this is insane. This is weird. And he would, he popped in my office and just sat down and started eating my almonds. I was like, you could eat whatever you want, Tom Hanks. <laughs> <laughs> and he can. And he can. Yeah, did. he really can. He can do whatever the hell he wants. But uh, that was, I think that was so cool. And, um, yeah, I mean, you also have the the experience. Sometimes I think of impersonating a celebrity and then getting to meet them, as you did with yeah. Owen Wilson, or hearing what they think about your impression. Like um, Dolly Parton uh, mm. responded <laughs> to, to your impression the Christmas. I one, never right? looked and sounded so good. You know what other song I really like? Jingle Bells. Okay, what a classic, right? Goes like this. That must have felt good. Yeah, that felt really great. I, I mean, that was that was such a fun piece because it was Christmas. 
and I got to sing and I got to also play myself, you know. I think that's like the perfect mix of even with the the, the same format was the Gaga one too, but I, I just like when I'm playing myself and then slipping into the impression. It I think that's just like the perfect mix of what I love doing. Um so, you know, of course you were, as we mentioned at the top, you were one of several cast members who left before this this current season. Um, was that, was it your decision to leave or, or how did that all kind of go down? Yeah, it was my decision. I gave myself a lot of time in the summer to, to think on it and kind of play it out of my head if I go back. Um, it was, I think, at the end of the day, it was about my my mental health. I think last season I, I had a couple panic attacks. I think it was just of what am I, you know, I, I think I, I was, I was struggling and I think I felt like, well, I don't, I always felt like I was on the edge of a cliff every week, that kind of feeling. And I, and I was like, I don't want to be doing that to myself anymore. And it wasn't even, I, I, I have to share. It's not like the show was mean towards me or anyone. It was, it's, it's just how I handle it. I think I'm an introvert. I think when I'm in a big group of a lot of amazing people and everyone's, you know, speaking over, I think I tend to get small and I get to, I, I get nervous of like, where do I fit? What, do, what am I supposed to do? And that's how I was in high school too. I think it was just kind of a floaty, where do I go type of thing. And so I think that's what caused it. And I was like, I, I think I'm okay. I feel like there's nothing else. I feel like, oh, I need to be sharing this. I want to do this on the show. I think I'm ready. I think there was just something telling me I, I think I could part ways and it was super hard because I love, I, you know, I love, (laughs) I love Lauren (laughs) and I am so grateful for all of them for having me. And I, you know, I shared with them that this was my, this was my kid dream. You know, this is what I, all I wanted as a kid. And I was so, so I'm going to carry that forever in my heart, you know, that I got to experience that in my life. Yeah, well, I, I imagine that the as the cast got bigger and bigger too, that it was harder and harder to sort of <laughs> yeah. stand out. Um, and I think that that might explain why there was so much turnover finally this year with with a lot of people leaving. Yeah, I think it was a lot, and then and then the pandemic. I mean, the that quarantine year twenty twenty was really rough too. So I think yeah, uh, that's what. <laughs> Are you uh, are you still able to to watch the show? Is that have you had the experience of watching the show after being on it? I've noticed that I still kind of will go online and watch certain clips. It's it is a little tough. I'm not gonna lie, it is a little tough. I'm like, oh, there's a little FOMO. So or... fun. Yeah, yeah, a little bit for sure, but not enough to where I'm like, oh, I need to go back, you know. But um, but I do love watching my friends on there. You know, I like I I love seeing. And then just seeing the new folks shine and do well, it's like, that's nice to see. Um, do you feel like looking back, are there things that you will miss the most and or least? I probably will just miss that that magical feeling of I'm going live with something that I love and I'm proud, excited to, to play. That That like magical feeling of I can't believe I'm on this show type of feeling. Like that would come in. Every single time, like, I, w- I would go out there and, like, do a update piece or just, like, knowing it was going to get on air. It was, like, a, whoo, it's, it's, it's exciting and thrilling. And What, what will you not miss? I mean, <laughs> probably the, the, the work schedule, I think. <laughs> yeah. And, and that pressure of every week coming up with something and trying to share it with a writer and being like, hey, 
what do you think of this? And that feeling of, uh, I don't have time to help you write that. <laughs> or I don't, uh, or, I, or someone's like already writing that. So you can't write it. That like feeling of, okay, what, what else, what can I do? So it's, it's that feeling I'm not going to miss. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, well, you know, as you said, you're sort of, you have all this freedom now to do things like pottery class and, you know, um, things like I'm that. Amb- but I'm a little ambitious. I got to cool it. How, how have you thought about, you know, sort of what you want to do comedy wise, um, you know, now that you, now that you do have more time to think about, you know, sort of what, what's next and, and what you want to do? I feel I've been writing more for stand up, which has been really feeling, it feels good. Um, and to let myself just be free with that again. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm still kind of figuring out what, what to work on next. And I, and I think someone like where I have to like quiet people and quiet the noise because you get so you get, I have to like really lock in and with myself of like, what do I want to do? Because the minute you go online or social media, then you're like, Oh, I want that. I want that. And you're like, I don't, no, I don't. You know, it's just too. It's you, I don't want to be swept up and and pressured to to. I don't know. I'll be honest. I don't know. Maybe that's not a, the best. No, I mean I, that seems healthy <laughs> to not know and to to be figuring it out still. Yeah, I think we're all. Yeah. The uh, I I really enjoyed um you know watching your your half hour that you did on on Netflix on the standups. Oh, thanks. Um, and I think it is it was a chance to see you sort of <laughs> more um unfiltered or more of of the real you not through these characters um and it it, there was a little bit of that sort of moving from celebrity impressions to impersonating members of your family or or sort of finding more personal ways to use this uh skill that you have the nights i don't like spending the night at my parents house is when i come home late from stand-up or hanging out with my friends it's like 1 a.m my mom will always jump out of her bed just to talk and hang out because she loves me, I get it. But it's like, not now, mom. We'll talk tomorrow morning. I hate talking to my mom at 1 a.m. She's, she's grumpy, she's so honest, she's half asleep, one eye's open. Gives me the spooks. I'll be brushing my teeth, I'm like, oh, I can't wait to hit the pillow. And then I see her in the mirror coming in behind me, just looking like a little Disney witch, just. Are you home? (laughs) So cold. Aren't you cold, Melissa? I'm cold. I'm cold looking at you. Why aren't you wearing any socks or slippers? That's why you always get sick. Here, take my slippers. No, Mom, I like being barefoot. Don't worry, I got spares in my pockets. Is that sort of something that you that you've continued doing on stage? Oh yeah, that's that's all the stuff now, I feel. It, but you know what's great is the voices are organically, they they just, they're just in the bits, yeah. you know, without me planning, which it's is so It's not like so a setup, fun. like now I'm gonna do an impression of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, some are, I probably should cool it on, I have some booger bits, you know, <laughs> but they're all realistic. They're all very true. It's not that, but I, I think that's what's fun is discovering just more silly things to talk about. I think, uh, and also sharing who I, I, I don't know. <laughs> Where am I going with this? Uh, yeah, I will say, yeah, that's the direction of 
my new bits they're they're true but then super silly too yeah yeah um so what i want to do now is our our segment called the first laugh so i'm going to kind of go through through your life in comedy um with a bunch of firsts um so going all the way back do you remember the first piece of comedy or one of the first that really made you laugh hard as a kid i mean ace ventura when he um was driving the when nature calls when he's driving that jeep and his head's flying out the window. <laughs> uh, um, it's a classic. Yeah, I think that was the first really good laugh. Do you remember the first time that you knew that you were funny that you could make other people laugh? Uh, when I did my Britney Spears singing impression at at school for friends. Yeah. Um, did you do it sort of for friends? Um, in a smaller group before you got up and performed it in front of the entire school. Oh yeah, 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 for sure, <laughs> for sure. Um, and then in terms of stand-up, uh, do you, what do you remember about that? The sort of first time that you did real, that you felt like you really did stand up for the first time. Um, you know, where was it? How did it go? Uh, what do you remember about it? Well, I think it was at the ice house. I did, I signed up. I thought it was an open mic, but it was really like a little showcase of like, oh, who's going to do the shows in the annex, a small room at the ice house in Pasadena. And um, yeah, I felt pretty good. I felt like I did a good job. <laughs> but but then I had shows there that I got into. They're like, yeah, let's you can do the first show on a Sunday there. And I brought my whole family. So that might be cheating because they all laughed for me. I probably was real bad. <laughs> You know, we've we've talked about a lot of the different impressions that you've done. Um, is there sort of a a first impression that maybe took you longer than others, but then once you finally nailed it, you felt really good about it? One that um, that stands out in your memory as as one that like you you were particularly excited when you figured it out. I think Sarah Silverman. Yeah, yeah. I think I got that one was, you know, her, I got her face and yeah. um, <laughs> you know, I got the. It was really cool to finally get that one. Yeah, that's a great one. And the first one you did on SNL, which is pretty cool too. Oh, I know. Yeah, yeah I love that you've done right. you've done a lot of um, SNL cast members impressions of cast members, sort of past and and present. Uh, oh, that's right. Her and Kristen Wiig. I don't know who else, but um, oh yeah. <laughs> but but it's it, that must be kind of fun as well to uh, to bring those on the show. It's always fun when. <laughs> when you're doing people who have, who've been on the show. Oh yeah. No, that, that is, and it's, and it's great. I, I, (laughs) and yeah, I love an impression of me. People imitate me. Who's done a good impression of you. I mean, I think Chloe did a great one last season. Oh yeah. Um, she was like, Hey pals, Hey guys. And she did it really (laughs) good. (laughs) She's great. Thanks so much for doing this, Chloe. I'm so bad at breakups. Truly no problem. You know, so it's just not gonna work out. <laughs> Thanks, pal. You're the best. Oh man, I fucking love you, Melissa. <laughs> she really is good. But then some like comics here in LA, they they do it. They basically do Mickey Mouse. I'm like, don't. And then just like, oh, <laughs> you're like oh, hi. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, that's not it. You gotta try harder than that. <laughs> do you do you remember the first SNL sketch that you 
wrote or had a hand in writing that you felt really good about that got on the show? Yes, it was Dying Miss Gomez. It's me as an old lady dying in a hospital bed, and my final words are the Nickelback song. <laughs> Never made it as it was, man. And uh, that was so, so cool, because that's a stand-up bit of mine. Still people's favorites, and still my favorite bit to share. Um but when I got that on air, I was like, oh, my bits could be sketches. Because a lot of my bits are act-outs. And that was my, sort of a revelation? It was a revelation. And it felt really cool because it wasn't, yeah, it just was straight silly from, from me. And my friend Stephen Castillo, he was the one that was like, we were, we were just stuck on a Tuesday night trying to figure out something. He's like, want to just write your Nickelback bit? And I was like, are you sure? <laughs> You want to write that? And it, it ended up being so silly and fun. Mrs. Gomez, please. I, I, I never made it as a wise man. I couldn't cut it as a poor man's scene. Tired of living like a blind man. I'm sick of sight without a sense of feeling. And this is how you remind me. You know, obviously, I think you've probably met so many incredible uh, comedians and, and famous people uh, on SNL. But do you remember the first time you met one of your really big comedy heroes and, and what that was like? Okay, I'm going to say it. So Jimmy Fallon, when I met him, when he hosted my first year, I was I was freaking out inside. I was so starstruck because he was kind of my favorite in high school. And I remember what, uh, listening to his album and I was like, oh, I'm like Jimmy, you know, I, I loved all his, he did impressions and singing impressions, and um, he was goofy, and he's always smiling, and I, I, I think there was like a, a big connection for me when I was in high school, so I, when I met him, I was, I was pretty stoked. Yeah. Yeah. What was, what was he like when you met him? He's super sweet. I mean, he was just, he was so flattered. I was, I, I was like, yeah, he's, I told him he was one of my favorites, and yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um. And then finally, I like to give uh, comedians a chance to shout out um, other things that are making them laugh right now. Um, so is there something that you've seen recently or a comedian or a show or a movie or anything that you've seen that really made you laugh that you want to give a shout out? Mm. Okay, hold up. I'm going to say it. Key and Peele, I go back to <laughs> all, the cl all their uh, sketches and just bust up laughing. So Keegan-Michael Key and Jordan Peele. Yeah, they're you doing guys, pretty well. Yeah, I know you're doing really well. I know. Maybe <laughs> I should have. I should have shared someone who's, who's no. That's a new, that's a, that's a classic. If anyone's listening has not uh, watched Key and Peele, they're all out there and uh, <laughs> yeah, and and, uh, and get very on funny. it. They are just so good. Man. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, um, Melissa, thank you so much for for doing this and taking the time God. and. Um, I've really enjoyed watching you uh, on SNL, and I'm really excited to see, you know, what where you go next. Thanks, Matt. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me, and this was a really good chat. Thanks. That means a lot. <laughs> Thank you again to Melissa Villasenor for being my guest on this week's show. Her new book, Whoops, I'm Awesome, is available now wherever you get books, and we'll put a link to purchase it in the description for this episode as well. 
If you want to support The Last Laugh, please help us out by leaving a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. We want as many people to hear this show as possible, and you can help by spreading the word and sharing it with your friends. You can find me on Twitter at Matt Wilstein and at TheDailyBeast.com. And if you're not already, please follow at Last Laugh Pod on Instagram, where you can see photos and videos from all of our episodes and see who is coming up next week on the show. The Last Laugh is distributed by Acast for The Daily Beast, with audio production by Jesse Cannon. Our theme music is by Claude, who you can find on Instagram at claude.mp3. You can find this show every week on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And as always, you can find show notes and highlights from each episode on thedailybeast.com. See you next week. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.